Hello, nerds. Curtis here from the Nerds in Love podcast. Before our episode starts, I want to mention our sponsor today, Adam and Eve. They are the internet's best place for sexy toys and lingerie. Is that ever in dispute? Now, here's the thing. You know, we don't want you going to a creepy store. You go to the creepy store, you got to go in there. People are looking at you like, why is this guy in here? Why is this girl in here? It's kind of awkward, right? Don't get that with Adam and Eve. They ship the item right to your door. Uh, here's the other thing, too. It's super cheap because when you go to Adam and Eve and you get your sex swing or your lingerie or whatever you may want, here's the thing. After you spend $59, you get free shipping. After you spend $17, you get a free gift. That's pretty awesome. And then here's the thing. That first item you put in your cart, when you enter the doors to check out, you get 25% off that. That's incredible. That's awesome value. And it gets you things that you're going to use in your sexy times with whoever your significant other or fling of the week is. So remember, guys, go to adamandeve.com today. Check them out. Buy something cool. and Get sexy. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong. You're cute, too. But Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body, and I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth out. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies wait 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 don't leave don't leave please i could use your help take this quarter go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face good day to you madam have you been single for far too long are you out of touch with the dating game regardless of your plight we're here to help Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. One. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis, and with me, as always, is Kim. Back from uh, the short vacation last week. I had fun. Don't worry about me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, also with us is Stephanie. Hi, good. Awesome. Um, And a big thank you to Ari for coming on last week. A lot of people emailed in. They really appreciated his advice. So I just wanted to put that out there that, uh, yeah, a lot of people really enjoyed having Ari on. So um, big shout out there. Um, As a quick reminder, before we get into all the, you know, emails that you guys sent in this is not a true substitute for professional mental health and if you're in crisis you should seek professional help that's right uh also with that said thank you for all the reviews everyone's been putting in i've noticed since we've kind of gone with the new format of having both of you on that we've gotten a lot of a lot more reviews and a lot more very positive reviews so it's been great to see good so thanks uh everyone for doing that and if you're sitting on doing a review you know by all means it doesn't take you anything to do aside from maybe a few seconds of your time so would appreciate if you leave us a quick review 
All right, let's uh, dive in deep with the emails here. The first one is from Rick. Nerds, recently I got back into dating, and after being married for three years, I'm now back into dating. And to say it's a bit of a chore is an understatement. I've tried multiple dating apps, and most times the dates are good, but they chalk up to no connection. Then it dawned on me, uh, as most of my friends are married with kids, most of my social time are on these dates. So my question is, without friends, might I be putting too much pressure slash emphasis on these dates? Could that be affecting the dates and whether someone is interested in me or not? I don't think it's my personality or my looks as I'm able to get dates. Anyways, what are your thoughts, Rick? I think this gets back to that deviate from online dating. You know, I think that, you know, we talked about yeah. last week that um, that study that came out that said that you have almost too many options with online dating. And so people tend not to, uh, well, I guess they tend to kind of move around more from person to person because there's too much choice. So again, yeah, we come back to see if you can do stuff outside of online dating, um, you know, the activities that you're interested in, see if you can meet people that have more in common with you. Mm -hmm. And like doing those things isn't going to necessarily rule out people who are like trying to really keep their options open. And it can like sometimes it can just take a long time to meet somebody that you have a, a connection with somebody that you really want to keep on dating for a while. And without actually going on a date with you, I think it's pretty hard for us to say like whether or not you are putting a lot of pressure on your dates. Um, one of the things though, that I notice is that you say you don't really have a friend circle outside of having dates since most of your friends have um, differences in their lifestyle with you like they're married and they have kids and you have been married before but you're not now and like it could be that you're like the only one of the single people in your friend group and um maybe what you're feeling there uh, i don't really want to put words in your mouth but it sounds like what you could be feeling there is like a lack of interesting connections and like things that would keep the pressure off your dates and so maybe it would be a good idea to sort of expand your social circle not just for dating but um, for having friends, for having other connections. And so I, I don't know if that's going to have an impact on your dates. I have no idea like if it's having an impact on your dates now, but it could be a cool way to add richness to your life. It sounds like something that you're missing right now. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, to add on to that, like I t totally agree. I feel like, you know, it's hard to know how much this um, maybe lack of socializing outside of these dates is affecting his dates. You know, it's really hard to tell how much of an impact it's having, but I think definitely, you know, uh, first off, you know, maybe not going into a date with the intention of it being a date, maybe just, you know, meeting somebody uh, as just like a friendly meetup might be a little easier for you. Like maybe there's some social anxieties there and maybe you're just kind of thinking, hey, you know what? you know, it's a little bit of pressure or whatever else, like it might be better to just kind of come in with a bit more of a casual perspective, at least, you know, to start not to say like casual in the sense of like a casual relationship, but like more so just try to kind of ease yourself into it. Uh, and also too, yeah, expanding your, your social circle, I think might be a helpful thing as well, because, you know, I, I've been there too, where a lot of my friends are, you know, married and have kids and it's a little bit harder to hang out with them. And so I think sometimes, you know, it's it's a benefit to maybe go out and meet some new people and expand your social circle. I mean, regardless of whether you're single or uh, married or dating, I think, you know, it can always be good to expand your social circle just for your just general well-being. I, I, Rick didn't really say how long he's been divorced, but um, I would just watch, and I don't know if Rick is doing this or not, but um, if you've just been divorced, I would just make sure that you're not bringing up your, your former marriage uh, during your date. 
um, or bringing up any other kind of stuff about that, um, which I think can be tempting, especially maybe that's where the lack of friends is coming in, that he's kind of venting about that to people. It's possible. Um, so I would just kind of keep that in check that not to bring up your, your marriage, just to keep a little tab on that and, and see, you know, are you ready to go back and I'm off to kind of adjust to that kind of new normal. Yeah. It actually, I actually don't think he says in his, does he say in his letter that he is divorced? He said, yeah, well, unless he's being married and he's dating, I don't know. I got but, back into dating after being married for three yeah. years. Um, he could be. He could be in. Um, it doesn't sound like he's in an open marriage, but he could be. No, divorced. that sounds like he he's could divorced. Be widowed. He could be like, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it doesn't really say what right. happened there, but like, um, history like that can be a sensitive topic. Like whatever, whatever led you to dating, that can sometimes be a sensitive topic for a first date. Um, but that's kind of like on you to decide like what you're comfortable disclosing, talking about, and like reading the reading the temperature of the date. I think. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to Christine's email here. Actually, uh, Steph, did you want to sure, read? Sure. Nerds, email? sometimes I go on a date and there's a few pink flags, not major issues, but smaller ones would potentially be bigger issues. I usually will not go on a second date with them, but I'm wondering if I should. Is there any downside to a second date when there's potential issues like this? Christine. Well, Christine, it really depends on what the issues are and how important they are to you. I mean, there's some things that, you know, we can let slide and things we can. And you said they're pink flags, not major issues. Uh, so, you know, it, again, it really depends. And, and everybody's got their own kind of set of, of warning flags and things that they're looking for and not looking for. So, you know, I just see how flexible you are on some of those. Yeah, I would say that it is kind of up to you. Like, are these are these pink flags that are things that are like things you could possibly let slide or are they pink flags that, you know, set off like a warning bell in your head that some boundary is about to be pushed or some violation of your personal autonomy is about to occur. Um, that's, that's not something that we can tell you necessarily. I, I would guess that there's probably a downside to sticking with something if it makes you frightened or if it makes you really uncomfortable, like you don't owe it to anybody to put yourself through that. Um, but apart from that, there's not really much that I think that we can tell you about that. That's kind of like your your boundary to hold, your personal comfort level to consider. Um, sometimes, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, like you know, you don't have to date anyone for any reason. Like there's, you can stop dating somebody for any reason at any time. Um, like you don't have to go out on a second date with anybody if you don't want to for whatever reason that you feel comfortable with. Like that's your choice. That is your that is your personal right. Well, I'd also say too that nobody's perfect. Uh, people are going to uh, make mistakes on dates. And then also what I, I recommend times make a list of what you're looking for in a mate. And so if you meet somebody, Christine, and you're wondering, you know, is this a red flag or uh, am I just kind of maybe have my, my feelers out a little too sensitively. Um, if you make a list of what you're looking for in a mate, uh, especially if you meet somebody that you think you click with, go back through that list and see if they hit all the things on the list or at least a majority of them. Uh, because when you meet somebody and you know, you get all excited about it, you kind of, you're like, Oh, well, they're an ax murderer. I can let that slide. <laughs> I mean, we start kind of, <laughs> you know, um, you know, like uh, you start losing a little logic. So uh, if you make that list, uh, when you go out with these people, take a look at them and say, well, you know, maybe he didn't know which fork to use to eat a salad or something. You know, that's something that down the line, I mean, that's something that, 
you know, people can learn. If it's something where somebody's coming up to the day and they're just talking about themselves, and not asking you any questions about you, then that's a that's more than a pink flag. So, uh, you know, there are things that people can change, and also know too that people have had may have been much different background than you did, and they may not have had an opportunity to maybe learn the same things as you. Uh, like different kinds of manners or something. So it really depends. Is it something that you think is going to change or not? Um, but again, if you make that list of what you're looking for, um, it's funny how the person that you're looking for kind of just can shows up. It's kind of like you're sending it out to the universe to meet that person. So that would also be my advice for Rick too. Write down what you're looking for in somebody. Could mm -hmm. be. Don't yeah. keep that list in your wallet and like don't pull it out of the restaurant though. I have, I have actually had people uh, carry that list with them though. Uh, really? Because if you're on a date and you really click with somebody and you want to go back to their, but you're kind of not sure, I've had people go to their car and get that list out and realize there is, you know, they really like cats and they want to like cats. And during that first date, they said, I don't want cats, hate cats. And that was, that was the end of that. So, you know, when otherwise they may have gone back to that person's house, started a relationship. Uh, and then, you know, there was a fight about the cat. So, yeah, I've actually had people carry the list with them or they at least keep it on their phone. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the fact that you're kind of asking, you know, whether you should give them a chance means that maybe you're kind of, my interpretation of it is that maybe you're kind of going a bit extreme, just, you know, seeing some potential issues and just writing out that person. I think maybe you can lax up a little bit, but at the same time, too, I think you should still have some standards that you keep for yourself as well as, you know, not just standards for what you're preferring, but also your own safety standards as well that you should be, you know, pretty, pretty well keeping with. So I think, you know, it's a matter of how much of an issue these things really are. Like Steph said, like, you know, if maybe someone comes up and they're wearing a, you know, red shirt and you just really don't like the shirt, the color red on somebody, you know, like that's something that you can, you know, easily address uh, in the future. You know, that being said, if they come up and they are saying, hey, you know, like, I want a poly polygamous relationship and you're a little bloody monog monogamous uh, relationship, you know, that's going to be something that's a little bit harder to kind of work on. So I think you kind of have to maybe see what the issues are and, you know, take it a little bit more um, case by case. You know, I know in my case in the past, I've kind of said, oh, you know, I'm going to give people two dates and then you go meet some people and you realize, oh, some of these people are having some pretty critical things that you're just not in agreement with and you know you kind of go okay well maybe i'm not going to give all these people second dates but you know maybe as a general rule of thumb to be a little bit more open-minded with somebody you otherwise wouldn't be you know i'm sure there's some benefits there for sure i'm say... wondering how the thing about the red shirt would go over hey i have issues with red shirt so i'm kind of wondering we're just all black <laughs> that would um... be an issue then we, then we got a whole other set of issues we got to talk about <laughs> exactly Exactly. Um, one last thing I want to say about Christine's situation is I guess I would make sure, Christine, that you're not feeling pressured by your dates. Like if your dates are putting an inordinate amount of pressure on you to go on a second date, like, come on, I'm a nice guy. Just give me another chance. Like if that kind of pressure is making you uncomfortable, that might be that might be something to consider. Like if other if your dates are pressuring you to give them a second chance in spite of things that you don't like, that sounds like they are not having a lot of respect for you or your personal boundaries. And that's definitely something you should eye with caution. All right. Um, Kim, did you want to read? Yes. Nerds. So this guy and I split after a roller coaster ride of a relationship. We took about a two and a half month long break. During the majority of that time, he insisted we start seeing each other again. During this time, we both slept with others, and I even dated someone else exclusively for a very short time. 
It just didn't feel the same, so I ended it. I finally relented to my ex the other weekend and we hooked up. It was amazing. The same passion and everything, but I'm hesitant, of course. What advice would you give someone who wants to try to make it work with an ex? Well, there's a reason why you split up to begin with. So I take a look at are the underlying reasons why you split? Um, are they still in existence? Also, sexual chemistry does not always translate into uh, chemistry in other areas. Uh, you can have a great sex life and not really get along in other areas. That's a very strong possibility. Yeah, I think, um, you know, generally just making sure that, you know, whatever issue was there before is at least being addressed to some degree, whether it's been, you know, absolutely dealt with or, you know, if it's a work in progress, just making sure that, you know, these things are being addressed is probably the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, like, consider carefully why it was you broke up. Consider carefully if these are issues that you're ready to start dealing with again, I think. Um if you had been together for a really long time and you're really invested in trying to make this relationship work, couples counseling might be able to help you work on those issues if there are things that are still present and that you want to have addressed. Um, I will say that if your intent when you're taking a break from somebody is to really see like if you can get over them, like if you can be away from them, um, being in the kind of contact where you're talking all the time or when one of you is insisting the other one get back together again that doesn't leave you a lot of room to get over a relationship when you have like ongoing contact like that and so um like everyone's timeline for getting over a relationship is different and everybody's method and like how it works for people to get over a relationship is different but for a break of two and a half months being in pretty constant contact the whole time it doesn't sound like that would give you a lot of a chance um if you'd like to see if you could stop being so passionately involved with this person you might need to change your strategy for having a break um but that doesn't that isn't the question that you're asking and so i would go back to what other people have said about like look at the reason why you broke up look if you're willing to tackle that reason in a relationship again um decide if the sex you're having is worth it that's a call that you have to make though but I think that'd be interesting to bring up though about the kind of parameters of um and maybe marie doesn't even know this by the interesting for other people to know uh, what you're bringing up about parameters of taking breaks. If you could get a little more into that, I think that would be beneficial for people. Like the parameters of taking breaks, like what makes that more or less likely to work for people? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So this is like a, it's a pretty subjective thing because different people get over different relationships in different ways. Like there are infinite iterations of how people get over relationships. Um, but it's you know like like there's an idea that being in contact with people and like when you miss them and you're only in contact in like the good ways like you're not having the sort of contact where you're fighting all the time or you're like seeing their dirty socks on the floor for the umpteenth time but you're just like seeing them from a distance and damn they look good and who's that person clinging to their arm and stuff like that those are all feelings that like really fuel passion and longing, jealousy, and all of those things can fuel really intense sexual chemistry once you get back together. Um, and sexual encounters like that with a lot of passion in them, maybe a lot of oxytocin being generated, that can serve to strengthen the bond between you even more. Not like necessarily strengthen a good bond or bond in a good way, you know, but like it, keep, it can kind of keep you hung up on each other sometimes. Um, a lot of advice aimed at people who are trying to get over other people is like take a break from social media stop like go full no contact find things to distract yourself like um 
there's a saying on Reddit, I think it's like, lawyer up, delete Facebook, hit the gym. And that's like the recipe for having a really clean break. Uh, the lawyer up thing, I think, is more for people who are getting divorced rather than just having a breakup. But um, same sort of principle, like find things to fill your attention other than the person that you are trying to get over with. Um, don't allow them to take up any kind of your heart, room, attention, energy, um, and going no contact with them is a good way to do that. Um, but this is really subjective. Everybody's timeline for this is different. Um, some people might be over each other in a week of no contact, um, depending on like the kind of relationship they had. For some people, it would take years. And some people, just going no contact is not enough. Some people need, um, like if they're really still grieving their relationship in a way that makes it difficult for them to function, then they could um, benefit for, perhaps from professional help as well. Great advice. Anything you guys would add to that, or? Oh no, I think that sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, we'll move it on to the next email by another Rick, different Rick, but another Rick. How do we know it's a different Rick? Uh, their email name. Oh, okay. So who knows? It might be the same Rick, but I'm I'm assuming that the different last name. There can only be one. Hotel, but... <laughs> You know, who knows? This this might be a split personality thing. Like maybe this is the more outgoing Rick. <laughs> who knows? Um, I'm gonna assume that they're they're different Ricks. Um, there's I met a girl around late October, early November through a friend because uh, he set me up with her to go to fraternity's formal event. We hit it off well that night and ever since then talked every day. We both knew we liked each other, but it wasn't until December that I made a move after a party we made out in the back of a car. But that was it. After that, she came to my room and we'd hook up for hours, not sex just yet. And until a few weeks later, we had sex for the first time. It was really awkward and short, so we didn't really count it. We then had winter break, five weeks off of college, and we live far away from each other, so I didn't see her. Uh, I Once we came back, we made it official and we had lots of sex. I feel like we had sex too early in the relationship and there's nothing to look forward to in the future as it seems like we've done it all we actually brought this question up originally i thought she feels the same the, the sex is great but it seems like there's nothing new any thoughts well on rick um first uh i'd wonder you know what else do you guys have in common what else do you like to do together um yeah you know, it's pretty normal when you're in a relationship uh to have kind of a lull uh, but you can't really go back in time and undo sex uh so I take a look and see, you know, is that the primary reason why you're together uh, or do you have other interests? Because uh, again, you know, there's so much more to a relationship than sex. Uh, so I, mean, I wonder if you're running into that kind of issue, you know, that the, the relationship is so focused on that, you haven't been able to get to know each other in other ways. There's, yeah. um, I know that you can't go back in time and like unhave the sex that you had. I mean, if that were a thing, I would bottle it and sell it because I think a lot of people would buy that. Um, However, I don't think there's any reason to keep having sex right now if you guys are not happy with the way that your sexual relationship is like now. And if you guys thrive a little more on sexual tension, you can always say like, hey, uh, I think we had, we got a little crazy at the beginning. Let's dial it back. Let's try just fooling around in cars for a month. And by the end of that month, you guys are going to be so ready for each other, I guess, that could bring that sort of like feeling of tension and passion that it seemed like you guys were really thriving on back at the time where you just like 
getting hot and heavy in cars. That might be me reading into it a lot, but um, I don't think there's any reason that you guys can not like have abstinence month if you guys want to try having abstinence month. I'm also kind of skeptical, might be the word, that you've like really done it all when it comes to sex. Like, have you really? Do you know how much sex there is? <laughs> Do you know how many different Especially things for you a could be student, doing? Yeah. I feel like... Well, you know, it just it depends on people's comfort level too. They That's... may have reached a limit of what they're both. Yeah. But you know, I was talking about last week. There's uh, what's the website Mojo? It's Mojo um, Upgrade. Yeah, Mojo Upgrade. That's the way they get to know you know what your different sexual interests are. Definitely. Uh, to see if they match. Um, but yeah, it sounds more like uh, you're feeling like things went a little fast. And and you know, there's the the kind of chase pursue part of relationship that's exciting for a lot of people and then actually getting into it doing the day-to-day -day stuff gets to me not so exciting mm -hmm. so yeah i agree with you know just kind of maybe um just holding off for a little bit and getting to know each other better and um you know building up tension again uh, like kim said uh so again and but also you know welcome to the real world <laughs> you know that their romantic part of relationships usually lasts about uh six months to a year and i know that you're earlier than that in your relationship but uh, after that um the butterflies don't always stay there the same amount as they did before. And I think sometimes that we've bought into this idea that we should be feeling excited all the time during our entire relationship. And that just isn't possible. Uh, so that it might be that you're also reaching a different level of getting to know each other too. Yeah, I definitely like reading this. My main kind of takeaway was that you know, it, it sounds like, you know, in terms of the sex and stuff, like they've established that there's sexual chemistry there. And yeah, you know, I think, you know, there's probably room for him to, or them to grow. Like, I kind of agree with Kim here that, yeah, I doubt you've done it all. There's so many things out there that, you know, people could be at it for years and still not do everything. So I wouldn't say necessarily that's the case. Um, that being said, I think, you know, there sounds like you're, you know, Rick, you and this girl are at a point in your, you know, relationship where it might be good to maybe do something a little bit more exceptional. You know, we've gotten emails like this in the past where it, it's kind of like they go on the first couple of dates, they go and just have sex and then they go, well, what next? And I think for a lot of people, you know, there is going to be certainly, you know, a little bit of complacency that kind of settles in that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I mean, certainly, you know, you can sort of settle into things and kind of get used to the normalcy of having that person around um, but also too i think it's really good to you know maybe go and do some more romantic things like you know maybe even some small getaways they don't have to be expensive or extravagant but even just getting away for a weekend and you know showing some extra care and attention could go a long way to uh you know helping that person kind of feel a little bit more kind of like they're in this relationship that's you know giving them some more excitement rather than just what's in the bed so you know, I think that could be something to keep in mind as well. Is maybe it's time to maybe you know, do something a little more different, a little more exciting than just sex all the time. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, anything else for Rick? Any other thoughts? No, I'm good. Uh, you should talk to the other Rick about about dating. <laughs> if you're not Rick the same conference. person, sort of Rick support group. All right. Um, Alright, Steph, did you want to read your Sure. Uh, nerds, I, 25 female, have been seeing a guy for around three weeks now and totally we've hung out around two to three times. And we even started having sex on a frequent basis. I'm enjoying myself. I really enjoy having him around. Thing is, in a couple of weeks, a family member of his birthday, a 
is a <laughs> the first time I read this, I had a hard time understanding this too. So uh, the thing is, in a couple of weeks, is a family member of his birthday, and he's asked if I want to go. I'm unsure if I should. For the record, I would love to go, but I don't want to make a bad first impression. It's too soon. Should we wait for a better time? So it sounds, Janine, like you're just worried about making a bad impression. He wants you to go, or else he wouldn't have asked you. You want to go. So it sounds like your fear is getting you in the way. So I don't know if it's a thing of maybe, um, I don't know that you've maybe felt like you made bad first impressions before, maybe some social anxiety. Uh, but it, it sounds like, um, the, I mean, it's a high pressure situation maybe because you're just meeting his family for the first time, but you like each other. Uh, and again, he wouldn't have asked you if he didn't want you to go. So maybe just, you know, we talked about last week, honesty and, and communication to say, you know, hey, um, feel a little nervous about meeting your family. I'm worried that they're not going to like me. And yeah, maybe you just need some reassurance from your partner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that that's probably true. Like just talk about it. If you're feeling worried or uncomfortable, um, it sounds like you feel comfortable, like taking him at his word that he would like you to be there and like you to come. Um, Sometimes people get hung up on the idea that they don't have like a, a good label attached to their relationship yet. Like maybe you guys haven't had the talk about being exclusive. Maybe you uh, would feel weird being introduced as the friend with benefits. Um, well, you don't have to introduce anybody that way for one thing. You can just... <laughs> I was going to say, that's kind of poor form. <laughs> this, is my, this is my friend with benefits. This is the person I sleep with. No wonder she's worried about the impression she's going to make. <laughs> This is the person who I spent a couple nights over at their house at. <laughs> well, you know, I was also thinking too, Janine, if, if he's already said to his family, hey, can you invite a person? Um, so they're going to know if you say no, it might be awkward the next time they have something because now they know that you've said no to meeting them. So uh, it sounds like it, you know, it's just kind of you face your fear and feel it and get through it. And you may have a great time. You may connect really well with his family. And it's also a good thing to know his family, too, because, you know, what if what if there's something about his family that you just find really off-putting? Um, it's good to know that now rather than later. And, and again, you may find that they're wonderful yeah. people and you really like them. And now you've met a whole bunch of people that you really enjoy being around. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of really, and I don't know why well i think i know why but like i really zoned in on the fact that it's somebody's birthday mm -hmm. maybe that's where a lot of the reservation is coming from i mean if you're getting together for just a generic dinner or you know whatever where it's not somebody else's special day it might feel a little less stressful i can see where maybe somebody might have a little bit of reservation when it's somebody else's thing that's going on where you might kind of take away some of the attention from that person's special day from, from the fact that you know you're basically being introduced to somebody's family so i could see that maybe being a bit of a cause for a reservation so maybe if that's why that's you know something that's you know causing you a bit of concern maybe doing something that's a little more generic maybe you know just dinner with the family it doesn't have to be a special occasion just you know time for you guys to get together that might maybe ease up on some of the reservations you have because i know for myself personally if somebody invited if a partner invited me to, to meet their family at someone's birthday i would feel almost like i'm taking away from that person's special day oh really and maybe that's not the case but that would just sorry because my feeling i'd be like sure why not so i mean i'd just be I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's just difference in personalities, maybe, that I'd be like, oh, cool, sure, let's go. Uh, because you know, everybody's going to be in a pretty yeah. good mood because it's somebody's birthday. So, And it's also, again, a good way to see how the yeah. family interacts. 
Um, so, and, and he wants you to go and Janine, you are enough. You know, you don't have to pretend like to be somebody you're not just, you are enough. So if this person chose you to be with, then he probably has a good idea that his family's going to like you. So I think you, you feel the fear and you do it anyway. Right. Everybody has kind of a different comfort level with these different things, like going to going to essentially a stranger's birthday party. It could be really anxiety arousing for some people. And for some people, it could be like, oh, hell yeah, cake. Um, so See, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the cake. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I would say, like, consider carefully what it is that's making you feel reservations about this. And then whatever concern you come up with, talk to your talk to your fellow about that see what he can do to either allay your fears or work with you to accommodate them or find an alternative. And also to maybe, you know, he can ask his family because I don't know. I don't think he's indicated or, or, you know, Janine's indicated that he's asked the family if it's okay, you know, maybe just asking for permission just to see if it's okay with them, you know, because, you know, you you probably want to ask first just to be sure before you just kind of surprise some, you know, at the party was bringing somebody and might be good form to kind of oh and Janine like make sure you bring something to the birthday party whether it's a bottle of wine or food uh, that's something you can ask your partner and say hey is there anything that they need um you know is there any food that needs to kind of food item that needs to be fulfilled when you bring something with you it kind of really breaks the ice because they know you've made extra effort to uh kind of think of them ahead of time of this birthday so so i would recommend you do that make sure you bring something with you hmm all right. Um, Kim, did you want to read Wendy's Yeah. Email? Oh, this one's a tough one. I, 19 female, recently took in my boyfriend, 20 male, after his dad and him have a disagreement and he moved out. While we are together for now, we are treating this like a trial move-in. If it doesn't work after a few months, he'll be moving out. That's not the issue, however. My boyfriend gave his dad the home phone number and regularly calls to check in on his son, which is fine. Dad asked for my cell number in case of an emergency, which I figured made sense. He's never called me in the couple of weeks he's had my number, but recently sent me a text saying, hope you like and maybe reciprocate, and sent nude photos to me. I instantly blocked the number and deleted the photos. I am absolutely disgusted. My problem now is, how do I tell my boyfriend? I feel like I need to tell him, but I'm concerned since it's still early days and us living together that this might ruin things, even if I tell him the truth. So essentially, I want to know, should I tell him or should I pretend it never happened and move on? So, Kim, I, I know you said this is a tough one and it looks on the top, but it's pretty clear cut to me that you need to tell your boy uh, that his dad sent him these pictures. I know you deleted the photos, so I don't know if there's a concern maybe that he's not going to believe it. But maybe you deleted the photos but kept the text. I, I don't know. Um, so I guess maybe that's a concern or or you feel vulnerable because this happened or um you feel ashamed about it, which you should not at all, because this is the father's problem, not yours. But I think you definitely need to tell the boyfriend. And if if he, um, you know, doesn't uh, really understand the gravity of the situation or uh, is not kind to you about it, then I think that that's a really good way to tell you that this is not the person for you. Uh, an appropriate response would be like, "I'm so sorry that happened." And, um, you know, I'm going to talk to my dad about it. And this is totally inappropriate. And you can be honest and say, look, I don't feel comfortable talking to him on the phone. He's got my home number now. Uh, I don't want him calling me. Uh, And again, honesty and communication. But I think you need to tell him because my guess is this might not be the first time that he's done this. Right. I, 
I, d I don't think that this is tough in that the course of action that I would recommend isn't clear. Like, I agree with you that being honest and talking about this is much better than burying it, especially when it's something that is as serious as this. Um, I just think that it's really tough because it sucks. Like, what a shitty thing for somebody to do. Yeah. Like, they took a number that they were supposed to use in case of an emergency, ostensibly to look after their son, and instead did the exact opposite of looking after their son by sending you unsolicited passing nude photos. Like, that sucks, and I am really sorry that that happened. It is a shitty thing that somebody did. Um, I think that... I think that in disclosing this and perhaps gauging your boyfriend's reaction, like Stephanie said, you will find out a lot about your boyfriend's character and your compatibility together. This is not something that you should have to feel afraid or ashamed to tell a partner. You should feel like your partner will have your back, regardless of who is sexually harassing you. Um, whether it's their father or a stranger, you need to feel like your partner has your back on this. And so, yes, I would say make the disclosure. Um, make it if you think that you will be safe in making it. Um, but, you know, your your physical safety is a different thing from, like, the safety of, the re of protecting a relationship at all costs. Like, I, I do think that you need to find out, like, what quality of character your boyfriend has in his being able to stand by your side on this. Um, your course of action in blocking this number and deleting the photos like i think blocking the number certainly that's a good thing if you're worried about this this man this jerk coming after you in some other way like if you're worried about his continued harassment of you if you're worried about him calling you on the phone or approaching you outside of your home or at your home then you know i i would explore channels in order to protect yourself from that um if this happens again or if it escalates that might be something to talk to people in your corner about, like, maybe... I mean, one set of photos is not really enough to get a restraining order on, but keep your guard up, I would say, to see if this person continues to harass you or make you uncomfortable in any well, way. Another reason why she needs to tell her boyfriend, because I'm guessing, you know, if the dad is in, um, that they see each other quite a bit. So I would make it pretty clear that you do not want to have contact with this person and explain why. Uh, and that you are under no obligation to spend time with this person at all. Yeah. And I do think it's uh, to Wendy's benefit that um, the father and the son seem to have had a disagreement. So I feel like there's already, like the son must be at least partially aware of things that his dad's mm -hmm. doing. Maybe not directly this kind of issue, but issues of the sort if they're having a disagreement as much so that he's basically moved out from living with his dad or mom or you know whoever he was living with but so i think that you know in terms of understanding you know it sounds like that shouldn't be a problem but i think regardless either way you know it's something that you should be sharing with your partner um, especially when it's something that also is you know kind of relates to him in a very direct way too you know he should be knowing of what's going on too if you know if it doesn't help your relationship and it doesn't you know help you guys you know just so for him to know for any future reference as well i mean that's that'd be good for him to know 
Um, and then, yeah, if it escalates, then, you know, like Kim said, I think it's good to, you know, go pursue some more severe channels in terms of, you know, preventing this from happening. But, um, yeah, I think the best step for at least now is to, yeah, just talk to the boyfriend, let him know. Good luck. But I would, I would be honestly surprised if the boyfriend reacted negatively, you know, I, I think most people would probably go, oh, that's shitty. I can't believe my father would have done that, but I, I don't know this guy, so who knows, but, um, it sounds like something that, you know, hopefully will, will go well for you and talking to him about it. And I also say when this happens again, for whatever reason, like he uses a burner phone and sends pictures, do not delete the photos, uh, keep them. Uh, you know, there's a way to download them without them having to phone uh but you want to keep that just in case this does start escalating and, and you know we're going to cross our fingers that it doesn't that you know your boyfriend's going to make sure you have no contact with the father uh but again make sure you don't um delete that quote-unquote evidence mm -hmm. all right uh last email is from cameron nerds i've only dated one girl and that was a couple of years ago so i'm pretty rusty on dating i've hung out with this girl a couple times and i really enjoyed it it seems as though she isn't opposed to it since she's open to hanging out with me. If I were to ask her on a date, uh, uh, would I have to literally say, hey, let's go on a date? Also, would it be better to do it in person? I'm 21, male. She's 19, female. Well, the nice thing about this camera, there's no real rules to it. You can say, hey, let's go on a date. You can say, let's go to dinner. Uh, you know, whatever you feel like. Uh, and you know, if she doesn't like the way you ask, well, then that's how you find out the person's not for you. Uh, so, you know, just be yourself. Um, you know, I, I know it sounds really simple, but uh, I think that, you know, you probably have a lot of really good qualities that someone would be happy to go on a date with you. And it may feel awkward, but um, hey, let's go on a date's pretty clear. So uh, there's no mixed messages there, certainly. Uh, and if you want to do it better in person, if it makes you feel better to do it in person, because sometimes I know that when you're doing that online or on the phone, it, having that face-to-face -face contact makes it a lot easier. So uh, it's whatever you feel might be more, you know, uh, comfortable for you. But I think the biggest thing is, yeah, there's an anticipatory anxiety, but I think once you do it, you're going to feel much better. Mm -hmm. Only rule here is, like, be polite oh. and don't, like, act entitled about it, but it sounds like you guys have good rapport already. It sounds like you guys have the beginnings of some kind of relationship, one kind or another. Um, if, it, if you'd like to say in person, hey, let's go on a date, that sounds fine to me. Mm-hmm. Also, I have to wonder, too, if, you know, maybe in her mind she anticipates being asked out, too. So I think, you know, if even on some, you know, very light level, I'm sure, you know, you asking her out, it doesn't matter how you ask her out. It, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if she wants to hang out with you in a more romantic setting, she'll say yes or no. So I don't think really, you know, how you ask her out would really matter. I guess it really comes to your comfort level, like uh, it's been said already like if you you know are more comfortable asking them out in person or on the phone you know whichever you're more comfortable with um at the end of the day i i don't think the delivery mechanism for asking someone out on a date really matters it just matters that you know you want to spend time with this person and if the person reciprocates the whole well also before you ask them out to you can just say well you know i'm i'm feeling a little nervous about ask you and sometimes when you just admit mm -hmm. that kind of breaks the ice for both of you or, or helps a little bit with the awkwardness yeah that's true it can help mm -hmm. out quite a bit to uh just ensure that you know the person understands where you're coming from so maybe if they did have a more harsher reaction they can kind of table it and you know just to kind of help you out you know 
that could be that could be good. Yeah. A anything else for Cameron? Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Awesome. Well, um, thanks to both of you for uh, joining me on this episode as always. And uh, thanks to everyone for emailing in as always. If you have any other questions or need advice, feel free to email us at three and green nerds podcast at gmail.com with nerds and love in the subject line. And I think we're going to start putting some uh, emails that don't make it into the episode as like a column. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And I'll just throw on my website again. It's uh, stephaniesarkis.com. So if anybody has any questions about ADHD yes. or anxiety, Asperger's. Yep. Yeah. And, and uh, you're on Twitter. I am at right? Stephanie Sarkis. Yes. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll see everyone next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>